In this podcast episode, we introduce you to our BCEN friends, Dr. Christina Aranda and Dr. Janelle Mihalik. Janie Shoemaker and Mark Eggers talk with both doctors about test anxiety. Listen as they both give insightful information about testing anxiety. Find out about what it is, some of the reasons it comes about, and resources to help you tackle it. This episode is called Tackling Test Anxiety. Hello, and welcome to BCN and Friends Podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, to create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Mark Eggers, Manager of Education Technology Services at BCN, and one of your hosts for today. I'm joined by my co-host, Janie Shoemaker, CEO at BCN. Hi, Janie. Hi, Mark. In this episode of BCN and Friends, we have our BCN friends, Dr. Christina Aranda and Dr. Janelle Mihalik. Janie, could you tell us about our friends? Oh my gosh, I'd be happy to, Mark. Um, doctors Christina Aranda and Janelle Mihalik are both licensed psychologists in Nevada and are the founders of their practice, Sandstone Psychological Practice. Sandstone Psychological Practice has been honored as the best mental health clinic in Henderson, Nevada in 2019, 2020, and you guessed it, also in 2021. Both Drs. Aranda and Mihalik have recently been awarded the top doctor award for excellence in medicine. Finally, Sandstone Psychological Practice created an online course called Tackling Test Anxiety, a guided online course for students struggling to manage their test anxiety. We're going to talk more about that with them here shortly. Let me tell you just a little bit more about them. Dr. Aranda earned her Bachelor of Arts degree from Stanford University, where her love for psychology and counseling were first fostered. She then received her doctorate degree in counseling and psychology from the University of Oregon, a program she chose specifically due to its commitment to multiculturalism, advocacy, and social justice. She completed her internship and postdoctoral fellowships at university counseling centers in Oregon and California, where she first gained interest in the areas of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and test anxiety in students. She has worked in many clinical settings and has also taught several courses in the areas of career development and psychological assessment. Dr. Mihalik earned a Bachelor of Science degree from Nevada State College, where she first realized her interest in clinical work and working with college students. Prior to graduate school, Dr. Mihalik spent a few years as an academic advisor, coaching college students through various academic and personal struggles. She earned her doctorate in clinical psychology from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. She completed her postdoctoral training at UNLV's Counseling and Psychological Services, where she emphasized treatment for test anxiety and ADHD. Dr. Mihalik has worked in various clinical settings and also teaches as an adjunct faculty at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Welcome both of you to the BCEN and Friends podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, it's really great to have you here. Um, and I think our audience is going to be very excited for this topic because I think we've all probably experienced anxiety when we have to perform well, take a test, 
Um, this is a topic that so many of us can relate to. Just for me personally, I know that I experienced more anxiety the last two years than I probably ever have just because of what we've all been through. So I, I don't know if that's true for everybody else or if you see that, but it's definitely been true for me. And I suspect it might be true for you since you ladies have shared with me earlier that your, your practice is growing in leaps and bounds. So really, thank you for being there for people first and foremost. Um, and we would love to hear just a little bit more about the two of you beyond what we read in the intro. How in the world did you guys meet and connect with these with these similar interests and uh, come to work together? Tell us about that. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having us today and for the, the introduction. Um, so as you mentioned, um, Nellie and I are psychologists in Nevada who co-founded a private mental health practice called Sandstone. Um, and we actually met during our last year of our doctoral programs while we were on a year-long internship in Oregon. Um, and we worked at a university counseling center there. And we actually connected very quickly. Um, we had similar therapy styles and senses of humor. Um, our offices were right next to each other, which meant we got to talk a lot between breaks and stuff. And we were also both new moms with one-year-old little girls. Um, so we leaned on each other a lot as we navigated being working parents and um, being away from our little ones and just how hard that was. And so it was on this internship where we first became very interested in test anxiety. Um, we were getting a lot of requests from professors and from the Accessible Education Center to offer something for students that would help them with test anxiety because it was just such a common struggle among the students. Um, so Nellie and I worked on a project together where we created a therapy treatment group to help students manage test anxiety. And we watched it really help students. Um, and at the same time as we were kind of going through internship, working on that project, um, partly as a coping mechanism to get through the long days, we daydreamed about starting a private practice together. Um, and one that offered flexibility regarding our schedules and would allow us to be active involved parents and then also do the work that we needed to as psychologists. So I think slowly our Daydreaming became brainstorming, and then um, and then that brainstorming became real planning about how can we actually do this? Like, how can we accomplish having a private practice right out of grad school? Um, and so we both parted ways um, for a year to to complete our postdoctoral fellowships, but we kept planning. And then um, in 2014, we both became licensed, and then we opened Sandstone. And so it's been growing for the last seven years. Um, and so at this point, we are now a, a counseling and assessment and a training clinic. And we've incorporated test anxiety education and treatment into what we do. That's really a neat story. And it is so, I'm so inspired to see the two of you meeting while you're in grad school, working on your doctorate degrees, and you just have this vision and this dream and you make it happen. It's really, that's really amazing. It just goes to show you anything's possible. We came to know you at BCEN because we know that people sometimes when they take our exams do experience test-taking anxiety. And we know that's not just a myth. And we know, um, we, we intuitively know that we shouldn't be ashamed of it or let it keep us from our goals. So we were excited to meet you and worked with you to develop some resources around test anxiety. Can you all just tell us a little bit more about where your passion, because that's really one of the things, it's not the only thing, but it's one of the things that you ladies specialize in. So 
where does why why test anxiety? Where'd that passion for that for, for helping people with that particular issue come from? You know, I think as as Christina mentioned, we worked together on the project at the University of Oregon where we created that treatment program. Uh, for test anxiety. And we found that the group was just so very successful and it was highly received by the university's faculty and staff who also really noticed that test anxiety is a clear struggle for so many students. And at a large university, test anxiety oftentimes just gets missed or brushed off. You know, many people assume it's a normal college experience and thus they don't think it's something that needs attention or treatment. Other times staff can get confused about whether they should refer students with test anxiety to a tutoring center for academic help or to a counseling center for emotional or psychological help. In reality, both sort of are needed, right? To come together to create a very well-rounded approach to helping a student with test anxiety. The other issue is test anxiety treatment is tricky because not a lot of psychologists work in academic settings. So many psychologists don't have experience in treating test anxiety specifically. Um, there's not really a specific diagnosis for test anxiety in our DSM. And so there, there are not manualized treatments or a plethora of resources available for test anxiety, like how you might see for other anxiety disorders. So while test anxiety can be like a phobia or a performance anxiety situation, we have found that it's such a really unique experience and it draws from a person's life experience in school settings and taking so many different tests we just feel like it's a very distinct psychological experience that deserves its own attention. And so after our, our experience together at the University of Oregon, we then carried this information and treatment with us to our postdoctoral sites and then later into our private practice. And across the years in which we've been in practice, we have treated so many clients individually with test anxiety. We regularly get referrals from the colleges in our area for this particular concern, especially from a lot of the professional programs like nursing and medicine and physical therapy. And this really isn't a huge surprise since these are the programs that have very high stake testing requirements. And so when BCEN connected with us a few years ago and asked if we could help disseminate this information on a much larger scale to reach test takers potentially everywhere, we were just so excited about the opportunity to do so. Yeah, we were too. And, and I know a lot of people have used this resource uh, to help them be successful. And I think when you're talking about organizations that have high stakes exams, it's probably likely, or you can Google, right? And you can get a PDF and it'll say, here's your top 10 things to help you be successful on your test. And you guys took us way beyond that. Um, and so it was really exciting. Um, I do want to ask just for our listeners who might be wondering, and I heard you say that test taking anxiety can almost be like a phobia sometimes. Um, we just, I just wanted to dig in with you a little bit more about why does this happen to people, people out there that have this maybe thinking, what's wrong with me? What is my problem? Like, why can't, I mean, I know I've had those feelings before, like, why can't I just calm down and get this done? What's going on with people? Do you think that you know, is it just the way we're wired or, you know, cause I'm, I'm wired that way. And I don't, I don't really, I don't take it as there's something wrong with me anymore, but I, I have been really frustrated by it before and couldn't understand why it was happening to me. So I don't know if you guys can, you ladies can explain that just a little bit better for our listeners. 
Yes, well, um, test anxiety, it's very common. So if you're experiencing that, um, you're part of the majority. It's, it's honestly a little bit rare to not have any test anxiety. Um, and so um, the reason we get nervous is because um, anxiety over tests comes from many different sources. And, you know, effectively studying and knowing the content um, it's only one aspect to test taking, and there's so much more to it than that. So you can study and study and be prepared and still have anxiety. And um, so, you know, in general, we get anxious over tests because they're seen as threats to us. Um, during tests, we're being asked to perform under pressure, and there's usually a judgment that will follow regarding how we performed. And as a general rule, us humans don't like to be under pressure or to be judged. Um, so tests are inherently stressful and anxiety provoking. Now, so something like studying effectively and knowing the content, so that can help us feel more confident and, and can reduce our anxiety and, and um, make us feel like we can perform well. But a lot of things go into how we perform that have nothing to do with whether we know the content. Um, so I'll name a list of things that we think about as, as we go into tests and all of these are, are very common. So what if the test questions are not written well and they're confusing? So you can know the content, but if you don't understand the question, it's gonna be hard to answer it. What if um, we know all the content, but we run out of time and can't answer all the questions before the test has to be turned in? So part of your grade is about not completing some of the questions. Um, what if something distracting is happening in the room that makes it hard to concentrate? So you hear other students flipping pages, you hear the clock ticking, you hear someone who keeps coughing. All those things can be um, really distracting and pull away your attention from the test. Um, what if someone has a learning disability and that makes it hard to process content under the time constraints of the test? Um, or what if we had a bad test taking experience earlier in our career that's left us traumatized? no matter how much we studied or how much we prepared. Um, so at that point, any test, it just feels like an emotional trigger. So there's a lot of factors that can make our performance not representative of what we know. Um, so that's where the rest of the test anxiety comes from. It's, it's all the what ifs. And then a part of the reason we get so anxious about how we perform on tests is that we worry about how will others view us if we don't get a good score. So what will our parents think of us? How about our friends? How about our teachers? Um, and then we worry about how will we view ourselves and our identities if we get a low grade? So if my identity is around being smart and I fail a test, what does that mean now about me and how I view myself? So it, we're left grappling with that. Um, and then we also worry that not doing well on tests, will it affect our whole futures, our whole career paths? And now does that affect our ability to support our families and um, you know, do, do well over the life course? So a lot gets mixed into the meaning of our performance on tests. So while studying effectively is a key way to reduce test anxiety, um, learning how to manage our worries and our reactions during the test itself is equally important. Um, but with all these things going on in our minds, you can see why test anxiety is a very real thing and it's very common to have it. Yeah, wow, that's really, um, that's really helpful. It really puts it in perspective and makes a lot of sense. So thank you for that. Um, let's talk a little bit now about <clears throat> the test anxiety resource that you worked with, you, you, you developed for the BCEN nurses, but really anybody out there who's having 
um, test anxiety. And some of the resources, there's really a lot of robust resources on our website that you provided, and those are free. And then there is a course that you um, have a nominal fee for. It's not terribly expensive. I've, I've taken the course. It's really exceptional. Um, and it teaches you so many things that you can practice day to day. I feel like whether you're taking a test or not, they're good for you. That's my opinion. But <laughs> um, could you talk a little bit more about those resources so that people can understand where they are and um, how they can get to them and, and what they are? Yes, of course. So when BC Ian uh, first reached out to us, we all collectively started to brainstorm ways that we could offer some help to nurses um, and just test takers in general uh, who have test anxiety. Um, and after composing our top tips for combating test anxiety for the BC and website, we realized that we have so much more to say about test anxiety. And we really began to compile all of our resources and we eventually put them in the course. So the course is guided and online, and it really aims to help test takers effectively manage their test anxiety and, and approach tests with confidence. So in the course, it begins by just talking through what is test anxiety. You know, this is a term that gets thrown around a lot. And we, you know, we discuss how to separate what normal pre-test anxiety um, is from the test anxiety that can be so debilitating that it can really negatively impact one's score. And so the course helps test takers identify their true, you know, their true source of test anxiety. We then teach test takers to work with their thoughts, emotions, and bodies as they reduce anxiety and prepare for the tests. We also discuss creating a test day plan and a variety of ways to manage anxiety while studying for the test, during the test, and even the post-test anxiety that many test takers report. We also provided additional resources and suggestions for test takers that might need more assistance and help just beyond the course. And so for te some test takers, a course like this is exactly what they need to manage their anxiety. For others, they might need a little bit um, more individualized support or treatment, and we provide suggestions and resources for the next steps should someone want or need more. And another resource that we have, in addition to the course, um, which is meant to be uh, in conjunction with the course, is a Facebook group uh, where we discuss ways to manage anxiety um, even further. So we interact with the members um, on the group on a regular basis, and we post all sorts of different things related to test anxiety. And this can also be a wonderful place for test takers to get some additional support. Oh, thank you, Dr. Mihalik. And thank you for mentioning that Facebook group. I really, I really enjoy that Facebook group. There's um, so many great um, nuggets of wisdom there and, and also a smile every now and then. Um, you guys really do a nice job with that Facebook group. So I do want to mention right now, um, I think, I think the nurses that, I think nursing's always been um, you know, a hard, it's hard work. It's it's never been a particularly easy. Um, profession to go in, and I'm, I'm focused on nurses because that's 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 a lot of who our audience is right now. So I think I, I know that they are particularly challenged right now as we sit here in early February making this podcast. Um, they they've just had a lot to deal. With. They've always had a lot to deal with, but it, and everything that's happened the past couple of years has really put a magnifying glass over that. So they're very challenged. And uh, you two, I just wonder if both of you had just some kind of pearls of wisdom that you might share with them right now. 
Yeah, you know, what nurses contribute to our society is priceless. Um, it always has been, but particularly now during the pandemic. Um, so I don't know if this is particularly wise or not, but I would say to just be so gentle with yourself, um, recognize the gravity of what you do each day. Um, and in order to care for others, you must first truly care for yourself. So listen to yourself regarding what you're needing. And that might, might be really hard right now. Um, but I would say tune into yourself as much as you can and listen to your bodies. So when you are hungry, eat. When you are tired, make sure to get rest. When you need to just disconnect from it all, um, go and have fun and relax and, and just follow that instinct. And you might need more sleep right now. You might need more comfort, more distractions. So just give yourself permission to take whatever it is that you need. That's great. Thank you. Mark, I'm going to pass off to you now and because you've been so quiet. So let's let you get involved here. I'm just taking this all I'm just taking this all in. Yeah, uh, it's good stuff, isn't it? And you are right. Everybody can relate to test anxiety. It doesn't matter what field you're in. As soon as you talk about tests, you think about school, you know, about grammar school, about taking a test, about everybody has memories. Everybody. So I'm gonna ask both of you if you could tell us about a person or moment in your career that greatly impacted you. Sure. I'll go first on this one. Um, one person who had a huge influence in my life, which I think I didn't fully appreciate until I was much older, is one of my siblings who has severe dyslexia. And school was much harder for him than it is for other people, especially with things like reading and spelling. And as a result, in my house growing up, there was a strong emphasis on everyone having unique gifts, abilities, and limitations. And there's not a single person who has a brain that works exactly like yours. And that's something really to be celebrated. Um, and academic work only measures a few particular abilities of our brain. Just because school may be hard for someone doesn't mean that they don't have other incredible cognitive gifts. And so I use this so much in my day-to-day -day clinical work. Um, in addition to doing a lot of therapy, uh, I also do a psychological testing, which means I provide testing for people who believe that they might have learning differences um, like dyslexia or dyscalculia um, or autism or even ADHD. And in this role, um, you know, I properly label my clients' difficulties, providing them diagnoses and psychological terms that hopefully help them better understand their experiences and sometimes increase their access to additional resources. But I also really focus on their strengths and try very hard to make sure that when they leave my office, they have a very balanced perspective of both their gifts and their limitations and can use this knowledge to further their own personal goals or aspirations. And this comes up a lot in test anxiety too. You know, if we can properly assess where someone gets stuck while taking tests and also assess their strengths going into a test, uh, we can better intervene on their test anxiety and usually really improve their overall performance. And then for me, um, you know, there have been so many moments in my career that have impacted me. Um, so it's hard to choose among those. But I think what has been steady and constant throughout my entire career is the influence of my dad. Um, his name's Hector Aranda, and he has always been a natural counselor to me. So ever since I can remember, he's taught me how powerful and healing it is to be truly listened to um, and what it does to the spirit to have your feelings validated. And then the strength that comes from working through a problem one step at a time. 
my dad has always had a way of taking any issue or threat that can feel monumental and then breaking it down until it feels manageable. Um, so he's always had a way of providing perspective and normalizing the struggles we all face and making it just part of the natural twists and turns of life. Um, and that approach has fostered in me a sense that no problem is too big. We can always figure this out. Um, and he was actually the first one to say to me when I was really um, anxious over my grades and just was I doing well enough to get into a good college and things like that. He said, um, you're worth more than a grade or a test. No grade, no matter how low, even if you go lower than what the lowest grade is possible, can reduce you and who you are. And so he said, shake it off and try again. Um, and he would often say, you know, even when we work hard, we win some, we lose some. And that has always stuck with me. We win some, we lose some, and that's all part of life. Um, so he's been very impactful. And it's lessons like, like those that I do my best to carry through in my work with clients and in the messages that we offer to students um, who are struggling with test anxiety. Great. Two very good messages. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. So what does the future look like? What are you planning to become involved in next? Yeah, so with test anxiety, we're focused on a few different things. So first, we really want to make this course more accessible to other test takers. Um, we recently connected with someone from the licensing board for aspiring physical therapists and um, also assisted them with just accessing the course for their test takers. Um, we are really trying to uh, boost up our Facebook group um, because in the group, we post so many different tips for combating test anxiety. And we find it to be a really nice way uh, to interact with people kind of in the moment as they're having some struggles. And so we're hoping that this group will continue to grow and that there will be a sense of safety where group members can, can begin to correspond with each other a bit more and getting support from one another as they combat their test anxiety. We just feel it can just be so powerful and comforting to connect with other people who also have the same struggle. And excitedly, we are also in the early stages of working on a test anxiety workbook, um, which we think will really complement the material we have created in the online course. Um, we are aware that everyone learns differently. And so the online platform may be a perfect fit for some learners, whereas a workbook might be a better fit for others. And then kind of outside of test anxiety, we have recently expanded our group practice um, so we have grown from a six office suite to a 12 office suite, and we're in a place in Nevada where there's just very few mental health providers. And so the need in our area is substantial, and we are just so honored to be able to provide more services to our community. And so right now we are quite busy with navigating that growth, buying furniture, <laughs> getting everyone settled in, and just getting into the groove of things. I just want to say, it's really, really easy to see why you all are named. Both of you have received the top doctor award. You guys are incredible. Thank you for what you do. Yes, thank you. I'm going to ask you now a few rapid fire questions. But before I do, something that's on my mind, where did the name Sandstone come from? How did you come up with using that name? You know, we started, that was probably the first thing we decided on. This was on internship year. We just kind of, I remember Nellie came into my office. I think it was during lunch and she said, 
okay, so if we were to have a private practice, what would we call it? Um, and we sat there just brainstorming and words that we liked. And I remember we started with sage counseling and because we wanted to have some name that had a play on words and sounded soothing and looked pretty. And um, and then we did a, a Google search and said, oh, there's sage already in, in, in Nevada in, where we want to be. So never mind, we can't do that. And so somehow it just kind of... Um, sandstone kept coming back into the picture and just feeling really good to us and and we love that um the nevada rock is sandstone and just kind of what sandstone symbolizes just the way that all these different grains of sand can come together to create just a beautiful structure and it's always unique and so we kind of equated that to us as humans in our experience in life and so um so it just kind of grew from there Good. I like the name. The name's great. Great <laughs> name. Good pick. Thank you. So, both of you, what would you be doing if you were not in your current role? So, if you were doing this today, was there something else you might have been doing? Um, I'll go first. So, I would be a full-time writer, and that is definitely my, my second passion. I love creating worlds and interesting, complicated characters and crafting their stories. Um, and I love finding perfect phrasing and words to express ideas. So I could sit there for half an hour trying to choose between two different words and what works best and stuff. So I just love doing that. And essentially being a therapist is about listening to people's experiences and helping them craft their own narratives and their own life stories. So I think if I wasn't um, doing what I am, I'd be writing down some of those things onto paper and um, just trying to capture the human experience that way. Um, and as, a, as an introvert, I often express myself better in writing anyways. So that's kind of where I'd lean towards. Excellent. I would probably be teaching. Um, I can imagine it being at like a small liberal arts college where my time would be split between teaching, maybe doing supervision and mentoring students. I enjoy working with students so much and just sharing with them my passion for the field of psychology and the various ways that psychology principles can be applied to our lives. Super, good. So now I'm going to ask you some favorite questions. Tell me what's your favorite about these. You can skip one if you want, but uh, here we go. Your favorite book. For me, it's called uh, A Different Blue by Amy Harmon. She is absolutely my favorite author. She writes just beautiful, soulful, soulful stories. Um, and this one's about a young woman in her late teens who was left at a diner when she was a baby and raised by the person who found her. And then unfortunately, that person passes away um, and she's essentially left feeling alone and lost in the world um, and doesn't know where she came from. So she doesn't know her birth date. She doesn't know her true name. And she's called Blue because it's the word that she can kept saying over and over as a baby. And so the person who raised her thought, ah, your, your name must be Blue, even though it really wasn't. Um, so the book follows her journey and figuring out who she is and then deciding for herself who she is. Um, so rather than being what society expects of her or, or as marked as the labels that society have put on her, which weren't so nice, um, she transforms herself and decides who she wants to be. And so she pursues her passions and surrounds herself by people who she essentially kind of adopts along the way. So it's just a very cool story. I've read it a lot. It has a good romance in it. So you can't beat that. Okay. So one book I keep rereading throughout my life, which I rarely do with books, um, is Alicia, My Story. And it's a true story about a young Jewish woman who survived the Holocaust. Um, but she lost her entire family, you know, in the war. And it's truly such an emotional book to read. But it's one where there are so many life lessons to gain. And I feel like 
each time I read it, I always walk away uh, feeling inspired in different ways, um, but usually around themes of resiliency, appreciating the present moment, helping one another, and just doing whatever we can to make the world a better place. Excellent. And I should put the word current with these. So your current favorite movie. This one's a really hard one. Um, I think I'll have to go with Harry Potter in the first Harry Potter. I can watch it over and over again. I love the magic, the creativity, friends who have each other's backs through thick and thin, the importance of fighting for what's right, no matter what. Um, I think it has such important themes and lessons and then all in such a wonderful story and amazing characters. So I'll go with that one. Yeah, mine's a little odd. I'll name it and own it. Um, I really like the movie 2012, <laughs> which if you haven't seen it, was like a big blockbuster hit, which is like the world is ending. And um, yeah, like society is, is coming to an end. But I do like the adventure. I think it's just like a really fun movie that like keeps you on your seat. And I always like that the good guys win at the end. So I am a sucker for like the good endings. <laughs> good deal. Excellent. How about current favorite song? For me, I like Try Everything by Shakira from the movie Zootopia. Um, first, it's super catchy and it has great energy and I love its message. So I'll often listen to it when I need a little pick me up. And then I play it for my kids a lot as just a reminder of what's important. And it's just that idea of try everything, even though you could fail. And it's not even about if you get knocked down, but when you get knocked down, that's important to get back up. Um, so it talks about how making mistakes is natural and the normal part of life and learning. And that um, our goal should not be to be perfect, but to try everything. And I think there's, there's perfection in that. And so I just love that song. It's just great energy and great message. I have two. So I, my favorite all time song is Angel by Sarah McLachlan. And I just think it's probably the most beautiful song I've ever heard. Um, and then currently in my house, what's on repeat, and I, I do blame my 10-year-old and my 5-year-old for this, is Dance Monkey um, by The Tones and I. And, and literally, it's just our dance party song. So if you come to my house, this will be playing all the time on repeat. All right. Good to know. Okay. Both of these are so busy. Went from six uh, offices to 12 offices and looking for furniture and taking care of people. Do you have any of the hobbies or interest? Um, I am a true introvert. And so a lot of my hobbies are kind of quiet time stuff. So I like writing, watching Netflix, going to the movies, I love reading, going on walks. Um, and I also really like garage sales. If I see a garage sale find, doesn't matter where I'm going, I will reroute and go to that garage sale just to see what kind of gems I find. Um, and then, of course, just hanging out with family. A any uh, gems at garage sales that you can tell us about? Oh, I, I think we furnished most of sandstone with the gems that I found at garage sales. So Great. just just tons of decor. I'm a sucker for decor and uh, signs that have cute little sayings on them. I think some of my favorite activities are um, reading. I read so much, um, but I only read for pleasure. If I have to read for work, I find myself really avoiding it. Like that's like my pleasure zone. I love listening to podcasts while walking and I am really kind of in a deep hole around nutritional science right now, but I'm just like peeking out and absorbing as much as I possibly can. And the other thing is just being outside with my kids. So we like to ride bikes. We like to play soccer, play tag. I mean, just anything that's outside running around just makes me really happy. 
Now, I know you have links and email addresses where people can follow you or contact you, and our audience will also be able to find this information in the podcast description of this episode. But are there any that you would like to highlight to the audience on here? Yeah, so if you're interested in um, learning more about the, the Tackling Test Anxiety course, we have a website, and it's at tacklingtestanxiety.com. It gives you a description of the course, and then it's there's a link on there directly to where it's housed, which is at udemy.com. Um, and then I think the other thing to highlight would be our Facebook group. Um, we do have a Facebook page, we have Instagram, we have Twitter, but it's that Facebook group that has the most content and it's just daily content for managing test anxiety um, and connects you with other people who are going through the same thing. And so some, some really neat discussions can get going on there. Um, and that, if you go onto Facebook, you just um, search Tackling Test Anxiety Group and um, it will submit a request to us to be part of the group and then we approve it and then you're, you have access to all that content. Um, and if you have any interest in sandstone for any reason, want to learn more about us or anything like that, we have our website. Um, it's called sandstonepsych.com, P-S-Y-C-H.com. Excellent. Thank you. Appreciate that. I want to take this time to thank you, Dr. Rhonda and Dr. Mihalik, for joining us on this episode of BCN and Friends. Thank you both for sharing your time, your stories, and all the information you gave us today. Truly appreciate it. Thank you. And to our listeners, we hope you'll stay tuned as we continue out with BCN and Friends and bring you new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcen at bcn.org. I'm Mark Eggers here with Janie Shoemaker. And on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you are doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, 